Hello and welcome to Coach Rich Rants, real takes, raw feedback, unedited and unscripted views of what's happening in youth sports, in soccer, both in the U.S. and in my local community. I will be bringing to you different takes from the perspective of either a parent of an athlete, of a player, of a coach, or as a club director and administrator. Having worn every one of those hats, I'll try to bring to you these takes from each of those perspectives. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Coach Rich Rants. The topic of today is Dasher Boards and Futsal. And the reason I'm bringing those up is just because it's that time of year where uh, the transition has happened from outdoor to indoor for much of the country, um, at least where there are, is weather. And with indoor training also comes indoor competition opportunities. Um, there's been a huge increase over the last couple of years in um, futsal-specific clubs, as well as futsal leagues. In my state association, there is actually a recognized futsal, futsal state cup. There's futsal licensing for coaches, and so futsal is really picking up. There's going to be a new professional futsal league. There's a national futsal team. Um, there is a you know regional futsal team. So futsal has definitely picked up in terms of its popularity. Uh, in fact, in the U.S. Development Academy system, they require futsal starting at a certain age, and you know there are a lot of different perspectives on futsal. And is it good for the game? Is it bad for the game? And, you know, there's a lot of benefits to it, but there's also some things that I see that maybe, maybe drawbacks, maybe not intended, maybe the consequence isn't kind of what was intended with when you come up with futsal, because there are certainly people who are soccer purists, and there are certainly people who are futsal purists, and now there's this kind of almost religious debate over one versus the other, and when you're a soccer player, can you really play futsal without playing futsal properly, and if you're a futsal player, can it translate in or transition to um, soccer. So uh, on top of that, you've got indoor soccer and you've got indoor leagues and you've got indoor training and you've got all that stuff. And so I kind of want to talk a little bit about futsal and indoor soccer and kind of my perspective on it as, as a coach, someone who um, is a trainer, someone who's a coach, someone who's been a club director, someone who's played futsal, certainly played and does still play adult soccer you know, with dasher boards. So just kind of want to talk about what it really means. So first thing I'm going to do is address like indoor soccer. And now there are indoor soccer facilities that are turf, that do play on turf, that actually have lines. So I would consider that more like proper soccer because there are lines and there are out of bounds, and there are goal kicks, there are corner kicks, things like that. So you've got to be able to play within the boundaries. And that's closer to, to proper soccer than, you know, dasher boards. And so where the dasher boards come into play, I mean, first thing I'll do is I'll, I'll take the conversation about safety off the table. I'm just not going to talk about that. I mean, that's there's risks in everything. And, you know, certainly there's an element of risk in, in injury and danger with the dasher boards. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about that. But what I am going to talk about is just purely the soccer itself. And so one thing I'll say about futsal that or I'm sorry, indoor soccer with dasher boards that I like is I do like the speed of play. The game never stops. It's continuous. It's always forcing the kids to move. Um, and from that perspective, I like it because it does, it is, it is, you know, high pace, it's fast, and kids have a lot of fun. Um, I think one of the other things that indoor does for a lot of people and a lot of parents, you know, a lot of clubs, um, you know, several clubs, I should say, 
um, allow the players to play on whatever foot or whatever indoor soccer team they want to play on. They don't offer teams. Some clubs do, some clubs don't, but they don't offer indoor teams. So a lot of times it's an opportunity for kids to play with their friends from school, friends from their community leagues or their travel leagues and not from their club teams. And so from that perspective, I think it's good because from the social aspect of it, I think indoor um, soccer is good for that. Um, and I think it's good because it's fast paced. It's good because it's fun. And it's actually good because the kids get to play games. And sometimes there's some competition mixed in where, you know, in some clubs where it's training only in the winter and they don't get competition, you know, kids like to play games. They like to compete um, here. I'll, and then I'll talk about the drawbacks. So some of the things that I don't like about the indoor game with dasher boards is is the continuous play. Right. So there are no restarts. Uh, there are very few restarts, rather. There, it's, it's a continuous game. It's always running. But what I don't like about it is the reliance upon the boards. And so when I do or have been in a situation where I coach teams that have to play in, uh, in, a, in a field or on a court that has dashboards, I don't allow the players or I discourage the players, I should say, from actually using the boards as a tool. I I love when I'm watching games and I hear parents screaming, crash the boards, crash the boards, use the boards. To me, like I tell players, you know, hey, look, you know, you're going to if you play soccer for however much longer you play soccer in your life and you want to try to be a good soccer player, maybe play in college, maybe play professionally, you know, certainly play high school, whatever that is. You're never going to have. Other than in the winter indoor leagues, you're not going to be playing with dasher boards. There's nowhere there's no more major indoor soccer league worth boards. There's no boards, you know, on the soccer field. So learning how to use the boards, while it may be cheeky and it may be tricky and you might get away with it, you're really not teaching proper soccer by using the boards and relying upon the boards. So I don't like the habit of bailing yourself out with a board because you should bail yourself out with a teammate. It's, yeah, I would rather see a player find another teammate by picking their head up, looking around and finding a teammate and finding an option instead of getting in trouble, just smacking it against the board and, and running onto it. Same thing with, you know, um, crashing the boards, because, yes, I think you should follow a shot in soccer. Absolutely. But I don't think you should crash the boards, hoping for a deflection or a rebound, because then you're just coaching to win the games. And you're not really teaching, hey, let's possess the ball in the final third. Let's move the ball around to move the defense around to create an angle or a lane for a shot. So that kind of goes away with indoor. So the other part I don't like about indoor, again, and this goes back to the competition, not so much for the kids, but for the parents. Some of the absolute worst behavior I have seen as a player, as a coach, and as a parent have been in these indoor arenas. I remember playing adult indoor soccer where we actually got in playing against kids that were either high school or college age where their parents came to watch their kids play. And actually, because we as an adult team were physical because we were all former college players, the parents wanted to fight us after the game in a parking lot. In fact, I remember getting kicked out of indoor facilities because of teams and being on teams that have gotten kicked out because of fights at these indoor games for like really no real reason if you think about it because everybody's got to go to work the next day and it gets so out of control competitive that there are fights but then you hear these parents getting absolutely crazy threatening to pull out of the league you know complaining about the refs and it's just another opportunity for parents to get completely you know sort of out of control and I'm not saying that it doesn't happen outdoor but what I see sometimes in indoor soccer is is it's it's kind of sad. Uh, I actually wrote a blog post about this last year when I was substitute coaching for a team in my club, and 
the parents were, it got to be so bad that the blog post I wrote said like, the next time your kid has an indoor soccer game, I would like to challenge you to turn the video camera on yourself instead of your kid. And then schedule a meeting before the game, schedule a meeting with your boss for the next week. Turn the video camera on yourself. Record yourself watching your kid's game and then go have a meeting with your boss the next week and play that video for your boss. And it was amazing. I had some people say, oh, you were singling me out or whatever. But I think it was really the point was that like you don't realize how excited or into it you get. You, of course, you want your kids to win. Of course, you're competitive. But it absolutely, in some cases, gets out of control. And it's kind of like, I'd say, as a club, as a coach or a club director, as much as you prohibit that stuff from happening, it, it um, almost becomes sort of an embarrassment. And then your kids are in the middle of it. And some kids are in the middle of it where, you know, it's just bad. It's bad for the kids to see. Right. So I don't like that about the competition with indoor arenas. And it seems to be more um, prolific in indoor arenas. And it's not a particular one. It's just all the ones I've been to. It's just my opinion. So I think that's part of a con of the dashboard soccer arena. So let's move on to futsal for a minute. Okay, so the U.S. Development Academy system thinks that futsal is important because futsal is very good at um, for speed of play. You know, kids are allowed or able to use their foot skills. They're able to be able to um, use their foot skills in tight spaces. They're able to pass and move the ball in tight spaces. They're able to they're they're forced to make fast decisions. So the game of futsal is sometimes very fast. Okay, so. That's what I like about futsal. I think that's why, you know, the Development Academy system wants futsal in there because it's good for their for their game. And of course, there is a U.S. national futsal team and there is going to be a professional futsal league in the U.S. I don't know if it started yet or whatever, but I got to check on that. Probably should have researched that before this, but this was kind of an off the cuff thing. So some of the things I like about futsal, again, speed of play, decision making. It's just another opportunity for competition. It's an opportunity for, you know, there's out of bounds. So there are different rules, of course, for futsal. Um, but they're, you know, it's not that different from soccer from a rules perspective. Um, and I, so I think that part of it is good. Um, I think the parts that I don't like, though, um, are, are many. Um, so one, I think sometimes futsal can create bad habits. Um, and here's why. So depending on the futsal coach or if you're in a futsal club and you play proper futsal versus playing soccer on a futsal court with other soccer players in a futsal league and you start to get to the um, futsal sort of technical training where you're stopping the ball with the wedge trap and, you know, things like that. Um, I think it creates a bad habit because the futsal court is small. There are fewer players in the field. It's it can be about angles and taking advantage of angles. Of course, there's fast there's there's speed of play and, and transition sometimes and counterattacking, which I love about it. But there's also a time where you slow it down very slow and, and in fact often stop the ball first and then looking up. And so you see kids that like when you go to a futsal club and the futsal purists are saying you need to stop the ball. Sometimes when a young player starts getting into the habit of stopping the ball all winter at every futsal practice. Then they get onto a big field and they start stopping the ball and slowing down the play so much that they stop the ball. That's a habit that personally I don't like. I know a lot of soccer purists don't like that either. For me, I think futsal is not a bad thing to do. I just think you have to remember that what its place is for your kid when they're playing futsal. So if your kid's desire is to see how far they can go with futsal as their primary sport. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. 
I'm sorry, their prior, primary soccer sport. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But if it's futsal just because it's something to do in the winter, it's fun, whatever, it develops their foot skills, all of that, I think that's great. But to then become so focused on playing futsal the proper futsal way, I just think, you know, if you have the same amount of time spent doing a soccer activity to improve your foot skills and improve your game vision and decision making, then why not just play, not get so worried about the futsal specific stuff and just play soccer in the normal flow, right? So purists would say you can play foot, you can play soccer in a futsal game. It's not a big deal. And then their futsal purists will say, no, you can't. But then what happens on the converse of that, if you have futsal teams and futsal players that go out and try to play on a, a big field, 11 v 11, they struggle. Sometimes I've seen futsal teams, futsal clubs that have outdoor teams that struggle outdoors because they, you know, dribble the ball too much. They stop the ball a lot. They're really good in tight spaces, but they can't spread the field. So it's just a different game. And so from that perspective, you know, it doesn't always translate. And again, it's not a huge deal. It's just something that I think, you know, is should be considered. So when you get excited and you join a futsal club and you when you get into that thing, I think it also becomes an issue. And this is where the con comes in. Again, this goes back to the kids schedule. I talked about this before with the overscheduling of kids who are now doing sometimes more than one event in a day. And they're doing, um, you know, soccer five, six, seven days a week, you know, if it's futsal. And every parent will tell you, well, my kid loves it. They eat it up. They can't wait to go. They want to go, want to go, want to go, want to go. Of course, every kid is going to want to do that. And the kids aren't going to know that their rest is important. They're not going to know that their nutrition and their hydration is important. They're not going to know that it's really good for them to, to slow down once in a while. They're not going to know that. So, of course, they're going to want to play. So when you hear the argument that, well, they just love it, they just love it, they just love it, of course they're just going to love it. Why wouldn't they, right? If you're going to take them somewhere and they're going to get to play, who's not going to want to do that? So I, I think that's, you know, I, I thought that when my son was at the younger age and he wanted to do stuff like six or seven days a week, you know, then all of a sudden he struggles in school or whatever. Who knows what it is, but like they're going to want to do it. If you give them the opportunity, they're going to do it. If you don't give them the opportunity, they're not going to know that they're not doing it, right? And then some kids do it just because their other kids are doing it. And there's a whole keeping up with the Jones thing where everybody's doing what everyone else is doing and you're not doing it for the right reasons. So that's where the conflict starts to come into play because in a futsal club, you may have more than one day a week of training. If you're playing club soccer, you may have more than one day a week of training. And then when you add games, all of a sudden you're five, six days a week and there's going to be a time where there's going to be a conflict. So if you're a club coach, club director, and you're offering a 10-month program, suddenly during the winter when futsal starts, now you're competing with the kids, with the other clubs for their time, and then you, kids that are playing in futsal are missing on your training, so that's where the conflict happens. On the same token, there are futsal clubs that don't want their kids to go to their soccer training and focus on their futsal training, so something's got to give, and nine times out of 10 in a conflict, at least for me personally, as a soccer coach, I think training is far more important at a younger age than games. And therefore, when there's a conflict, I'd rather see a player go to training than a game. And if they're going to miss something, miss a game. But 95% of the parents out there will pick the game any day of the week over training. And they actually think they're doing a good service to the club by saying, well, they're committed. They'll be at the games. Don't you worry. My son will be at the game. My daughter will be at the game. Well, guess what? If they're not going to come to training, 
then don't come to the game. That's kind of what I think sometimes. So I'd rather have the kid not go to the game because the games mean, guess what? Nothing, zero, next to nothing. So I'd prefer that they go to training if there's a conflict over a game. So then when you're in a futsal club or on an indoor team and you have a conflict with the club, hopefully the club comes first. And in some cases it doesn't. And that's where the strain happens. So the kid is conflicted. The parents are conflicted. It creates animosity between the club and the, you know, the other league sometimes. And it's just not always a great situation. So I think going into it, you got to just remember the balance, right? What are you doing futsal or why are you playing, you know, another, you know, activity during the winter? Is it to round out their skills? Is it to give them an opportunity to play with different players that they don't normally play with? Like all those things I think should be considered and it should all be taken in the right context. So the thing that is hard for a lot of parents to remember and even players is that whatever game they're playing that day or that weekend is not the most important game they will ever play or have ever played to date in their life. And if they remember that it's just a game, it's part of the process, right? Then it's okay. But I think what happens is there's so much emphasis on results, no matter what game it is, no matter what season it is, whether it's an indoor game, a futsal game, or their club, there's so much emphasis on winning and success and performance that a lot of it is lost on what really futsal does for a soccer player. The other thing that I don't necessarily like about futsal from a purist perspective is it is about there are fewer players on the field. It is about shape. It is about passing the ball in shape. It is about taking advantage of angles. But in a lot of cases, there's very little, if any, back pressure or side pressure. It's kind of like the 3v3 game. The game is completely in front of the player all the time, and the game is played in shape, which is great. However, kids then hold the ball, tend to hold the ball too long because by nature in futsal, the ball is stopped a lot, and then there's quick bursts of speed, counterattacks, but primarily it's stopped, and it's moved in a methodical pattern based on creating an angle, creating a lane to play the ball into, creating a lane for a shot, things like that. And because there's no back or side pressure, the player can have a false sense of security with how much time they have on the ball by stopping the ball and looking around because they see everything in front of them. But the reality of it is in an outdoor game, when you get to 9v9 or 11v11, there will be players coming from behind, from the side, what have you, and you're not going to have, and the player isn't going to have the same amount of time. And so that's where I don't like the game of futsal purely for player development because the habits to play futsal properly and, and to play at a high level, and if you want to compete in the state cup and all of that, you're going to play futsal the proper way, which will take away from your soccer development because it is a different sport. Now, at a certain age, kids will be able to differentiate and they'll play differently on the futsal field than they will on the soccer field. But from in, in a lot of cases, when under pressure and under duress, players are going to do what comes natural to them, what they're comfortable with, right? And sometimes on the futsal court, they may result to what they would do or resort to what they would do on the soccer field. Sometimes on the soccer field, they would resort to what they do on the futsal court. So that's where it becomes a challenge, right? If they're working on breaking a habit or creating a habit, you know, in futsal, that is different than what they would do in soccer. 
at some point it's going to manifest itself back on the soccer field and vice versa. So that's again where I think futsal becomes a challenge. Here's what I think about indoor soccer. Here's what I think about futsal. In all, I think it's good. I think it's healthy. I think it's an opportunity for your son or daughter to play with maybe different groups of players. And I think that if taken in the right context, with the right balance, just as another activity, I think is great. What I'd love to see and what I'm not seeing is for it to be far less competitive, far less cut through, far less political, and somehow something as simple as an indoor winter league in an indoor arena with dasher boards or an indoor soccer league or, you know, an indoor, you know, futsal league has the same drama, the same politics, the same parent concerns as club soccer has. So all you're doing is continuing to manifest the unhealthy parts of youth sports and continuing to just add more drama to what is supposed to be fun. And it's unfortunate that the leaders in club soccer, the leaders in futsal, the leaders in indoor, the leaders in youth sports typically and traditionally are not really looking out for the best interest of the player overall as much as they are maybe the best interest of the player in their league, in their club, on their teams, whatever. So they're, yes, interested in player development, interested in the individual, but they're interested in the individual within the context of their sphere of influence and not necessarily the player overall. And that takes, I think, a, a maturity of a leader to be able to be willing to say or willing to share the kids in their club with others in the soccer community, all for the benefit of improving the overall soccer community and for the benefit of the growth of the player. And that is not just the directors and the coaches and the leaders, but it's also the parents. And so the parents also need to have a role in that where they make sure that they are maintaining a healthy perspective on what all of these conflicting leagues are about. And then instead of them being a conflicting league or a conflicting team, it's a supplemental league, a supplemental team, something that supports the overall growth of their son or daughter, not something that is a leg up opportunity for over other kids not something that they may have more control over than they do their club and therefore they get all into it. So that's where the balance comes into play. I think the only way that people will be able to coexist in today's market in youth sports is if they're willing to treat the athlete as a member of the soccer community at large and focus on what is good for that player's development overall regardless of what club affiliation they're in and regardless of what activities they choose to participate in outside of their core club team. And that's easier said than done. And it's a hard thing for people to do, especially given that a lot of people do this as their livelihood. And that's great that they do it as their livelihood. There's nothing wrong with it. But again, it's all about balance. It's all about player development. It's all about, you know, what is good for the kid overall and what kind of experience they have.
So it's supposed to be fun. They're supposed to be have fun on the way to the game. They're supposed to be have fun in the game, during the game. And they're supposed to have fun after the game. The parents are supposed to drive the kid there and drive the kid home. Make sure the kids are eating right and getting enough rest and, and recovering properly with a good nutrition and hydration. And not analyze the game with the kids and analyze the other team and analyze this and analyze that and create another environment that's adversarial with their club environment. Um, and some parents do that and some parents don't. But overall, I think, you know, futsal, intention of futsal, the intention of indoor is the right one. I think the, if treated with the proper balance and the proper way, can be good for player development. I've seen so much of the contrary that it's a concern. But I think if you go in with the right perspective, it doesn't have to be a, of a concern. So that's my take on this indoor stuff and this futsal stuff. I think it's good for player development. I think it's good for the kids uh, in general, provided that it's done in the right way. And so if you're going to play futsal, if you're going to play indoor, just think about where it fits overall in the player's development. If that becomes the player's path and they've been exposed to it, great. Get them that exposure. Give them some experience. But every session that they ha- that they go to and every game that they're in is not the biggest and most important event of their life. It is just another practice. It is another game. And it'll be one of many, many, many practices, one of many, many, many games in the kids' experience. And they're going to have good practices. They're going to have bad practices. They're going to win games and they're going to lose games. And guess what? That's all part of life. That's all part of growing up. And that's expected. And it should be that way. So thanks for tuning into this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Feel free to comment, like, and subscribe. And I will catch you guys next time. Take care.